On this show, we will discuss elements of the story, which may also include some spoilers. So this is your official spoiler alert. It's okay if you haven't read the book, but if you're looking to avoid having it spoiled, go back, read the book, and then come on back and listen to our conversation. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Not Your Average Book Report, a podcast about children's books where we believe in never losing the childlike joy of reading. My name is Sam, and I'm coming to terms with being a Hufflepuff, but then <laughs> we met Ernie McMillan, and he's just the worst, so I'm right back to square one. <laughs> that was <laughs> and a good I am one. <laughs> joined by my co host, my sister in law, Sarah, a former high school English teacher who has two kids and also reads 85 books a year. Sarah, how are you doing? You forgot to add, and is a Gryffindor. Okay, well, Good gravy. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> it's fine. This entire book's just about how great Gryffindors are. That's right. And that book is Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. But before we get to that, Sarah, how is life? What's new with you? What are your kids into? Well, life is good. We just returned from Hawaii. Oh, Not okay. with our children. Sorry, kids. Yeah. Um, if you've never been to Hawaii... Put it on your list. Mm. Kauai is the best place I've ever been to. This was a 10-year anniversary trip? 10-year anniversary. That? We made it. What is your advice after being married for 10 years <sighs> to all of our married and unmarried listeners? Go on vacation without your kids. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So is there ever a point... When you're like floating in a pool with some sea turtles where you're like, I miss my kids right now. I did miss my kids. But for real marriage advice, go on vacation without your kids. Remember why you're friends. Mm. Remember why you like each other. Yeah. And also make sure that you can afford the vacation you go on. Right. Otherwise, it won't be fun. But for your 10-year anniversary, like Hawaii is like a... It was awesome. It was a bucket list. Yeah. That we checked off. That's awesome. I'm trying to think because we had a friend who went on like a uh, trip that they've been planning for 10 years, like mm-hmm. a bucket list trip like that. And I was like, what would that trip be for me? And I don't know what it is right now. But you I also just got about, back from the yeah. UK, which is like a bucket list trip. So. You have time to think. Well, yeah. and we decided. I'm only on, one year in to marriage, by the way. Not even quite one year. I one think month we away. decided on this trip at five years. Okay. We knew what we wanted to do. So, so five years ago. Now we've got to think about what's coming in the next five years. Hmm. That's the fun. That is the fun. Speaking of fun, let's talk about Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Most that wasn't fun. one of my worst. <laughs> <laughs> Finally did a good one. <laughs> Speaking of fun, <laughs> we're getting real nerdy over here. Yeah, we are. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. It is the second book, if you don't know, if you've been living under a rock, in the Harry Potter series by J.K. Rowling. It was published in the UK in July of 98 and the US in June of 1999. Sarah, do you remember first reading The Chamber of Secrets? I don't. Because mm. <laughs> you grew up with Harry. You were probably around like yes, 11, 12. I, probably. I, like I said last time, I don't remember the first time I read the first one. Mm-hmm. Probably not the second one. I feel like most of my like Harry Potter memories, I would guess that I started buying or getting the books when they were released at the third one. I think the first two had been released like already before I, well, clearly they were released already, but I wasn't waiting for them. And I think the third one was when I started waiting. If not the third one, definitely number four. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I think I was around the same time. I remember because I, I had them and then didn't read them. <laughs> yeah. A loser. So we had the first couple. I don't remember which book, though. I remember reading it for the first time in college, actually. Right. My that, freshman yeah, year, for some reason, had decided to read Harry Potter. And I got through one and two. And I remember this book, about three-fourths of the way through, just kicks it in the high gear. Yes. And you can't put Big it time. down. Because it kind of, there is, the middle gets a little slow. There's a lot yeah. going on. But the moment... Hermione gets petrified or Ginny ends up in the, whatever. There's like a moment where Mm -hmm. the switch just flips. Yeah. And it's, to me, reading it this time reminded me what makes this series great. I actually think it's when um, Harry is going to go talk to Moaning Myrtle Mm. and he runs into McGonagall. She says, what are you doing? And he says, I'm trying to go talk to Hermione, even though she's petrified. And he finds the note in her hand, Mm. the page um, from the book. I think that for me is when it starts to pick up because the light clicks and clicks in his head, turns on. Right. And it kind of domino effect which i think i agree because now look i I wanted to say what about the spiders and aragog but now that i think back to reading it this time the spiders kind of comes at this weird i don't know like i honestly hated the spiders this time it just was like why why do they have to be out there and even they don't even get a straight answer from aragog so it was it was a strange scene scary let's scare ron yeah let's scare ron and have this kind of Strange rescue yeah. of the car. The car which is somehow kind of person... kind of wraps the car thing up a yeah. little bit, but at the same time, does was anybody really concerned about what happened with the car? Yeah, and maybe it's just establishing that it's Hagrid's job to get them almost killed. And that might be it too. <laughs> which that might be so many times yeah. in the series, and yet they still make him a teacher yes. at Hogwarts later. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the Chamber of Secrets, what did you enjoy most this time around? Well. I thought this thought this morning, and I thought, wow. The very sheepish look on your face I'm such a loser. (laughs) But when I finished this book yesterday, I thought to myself, it's like being with an old friend. Mm. (laughs) And so I know that's, everybody's going to roll their eyes, but. I think a lot more people are going to agree than you realize. But like, as I read it, although I know the plot, I know the characters. I know the whole story. Mm-hmm. It was just familiar in its just a fun way where I was like, where if you're with a friend who's known you for a long time, like yeah. you still see new things. Well, and it was kind of fun this time to admit that, like, I hate the scene with the spiders. I think it's right. kind of weird. Yeah. But I also really loved, I don't know, maybe I felt more, I just felt more in the scene with Tom Riddle at the end when Harry Mm. is with him, like that just hit differently this time. And I'm not really sure what has changed in me or honestly, I think this may be the first time I've read Harry Potter since having kids. Okay. So that might've changed it or at least since two kids. Yeah. That's a big deal. Yeah. What about you? What did, what was good? I think we talked about this a lot in the last episode, but honestly, I think, I think the best part about these stories is the world, mm-hmm. the wizarding world. Cause there, once again, I found myself laughing at just the little details she sprinkles in. And I want to read one because okay. it kind of became my favorite. They're talking about opening Riddle's diary, this random book. Harry stepped forward to pick it up, but Ron suddenly flung out an arm to hold him back. 
What, said Harry. Are you crazy, said Ron? It could be dangerous. Dangerous, said Harry, laughing. Come off. How could it be dangerous? You'd be surprised, said Ron, who was looking apprehensively at the book. Some of the books ministries confiscated. Dad's told me there was one that burned your eyes out. And everyone who read Sonnets of a Sorcerer spoke in limericks for the rest of their lives. And some old witch in Bath had a book that you could never stop reading. You just had to wander around with your nose in it, trying to do everything one-handed. All right, I've got the point, said Harry. (laughs) I just thought that was so funny. And it comes at a point when the plot's starting to ramp up pretty intense. And it's like, I'm still going to just share this fun little detail about the wizarding world that there are books that you can never stop reading there are books that cause you to not stop speaking in limericks yeah. for the rest of your life well as you were reading that i thought of another part that connects to that and also i think this is one of the i enjoyed this too because we get to see the weasleys more like yes. mr and mrs and, and fred so and, george. And, fred and, george. and george yes and so speaking of books and the wizarding world after everybody's okay, Harry rescues Ginny. Mm-hmm. They get back to the office. They're explaining to Dumbledore's office. They're explaining what happened. And Mr. Weasley says, Ginny, haven't I taught you anything? What have I always told you? Never trust anything that can think for itself if you can't see where it keeps its brain. <laughs> <laughs> I just loved that. I've loved it. That little aside, mm-hmm. that parenting but also parenting from the wizarding world. I would never tell my kids, don't trust something that you can't see where it keeps its brain. But you're a muggle, and that's common knowledge in the wizarding world. (laughs) (laughs) What did you think about the the beginning of this one? Because this is where we get Dobby, and we get the Mm -hmm. flying car. And honestly, the flying car is one of the more iconic scenes in the end. I don't know if that's from the movies because of the shots of it flying over the train, but I remember the flying car as being one of the most iconic mm-hmm. Harry Potter moments. What was that like for you reading this, this time? Well, through? what I really loved the most was that Ron and Fred and George came to rescue Harry. Yeah. That Ron wasn't like, oh, Harry's not answering me. Who cares? Like mm-hmm. He was bothered by it, and so he knew there was a problem, and they came to get him. Right. And that's just a kind of a tender thing. Like mm-hmm. Harry was spending all summer thinking, nobody cares about me. Nobody gives a crap. Yeah. And then he's proven so wrong. Um, and so then the car with them going over, um, with them flying to Hogwarts, mm-hmm. I just, I appreciated the line where they were really, really excited. And then it says something, I can find it, where Harry's like, and the excitement started to leave. We were hot, that we didn't have any, they didn't have any water or mm-hmm. something like that. And um, I just appreciated the humanity in it. <laughs> yeah. Because you talked about the Weasleys, mm-hmm. we get more of them. This is in the scene when they've just gotten back to the burrow. <laughs> Fred and George have. This pr- is one of my all time favorite scenes when yeah. they get back and they think that they're sneaky and then they turn mm. and look and Mrs. Weasley's coming out of the house. And I'm just, I always laugh at that scene. Fred and George, uh, they find their mother inside mm-hmm. who. Rips them a new one. So mad. And their father gets home and Mrs. Weasley says, your sons flew that car to Harry's house and back last night, shouted Mrs. Weasley. What have you got to say about that, (laughs) eh? Did you really, said Mr. Weasley eagerly. Did it go all right? I mean, as he faltered, as sparks flew from Mrs. Weasley's (laughs) eyes. That was very wrong, boys. Very wrong indeed. (laughs) Did you, now being a mother of kids, did you get a little sympathy for Mrs. Weasley this time, now that you're kind of on the other side? Oh, 
Of the mom. You know, like as a kid, you're like, my mom was this way when I snuck in or whatever. Well, I just think about my kids, if they did something, when they do something unsafe. (laughs) Not if, when. Not if, when. (laughs) When they do something. There have been moments where they do something, Harper climbs a tree or something and looks at me like, haha, it's fine. And... I'm thinking the reality of you're going to fall and break your leg. Yeah. She's not thinking that. She's thinking this is awesome. And it just is, it's one of those where, yes, they were in danger. They risked a lot. Mm-hmm. Mr. Weasley eventually gets in trouble for the car. Right. Not because of this, but later. And, but their heart was good. Yeah. They just wanted to rescue Harry. Right. Right. <laughs> I, this time around, loved Gilderoy Lockhart. Oh, really? <laughs> he was so funny. <laughs> because he's such an idiot. He's an idiot. He is such an idiot, and he never changes. <laughs> never changes. He's so unaware. He's, he's so unaware. He just thinks that the sun shines out of his butt, <laughs> yes. Yes. but he's an idiot. He is. Uh, I'm just going to quote Gilderoy here. <laughs> he's the new Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, and this is how he introduces himself. He says, me, he said, pointing at it and winking as well. Gilderoy Lockhart, Order of Merlin, third class, honorary member of the Dark Force Defense League, and five-time winner of Witch Weekly's <laughs> Most Charming Smile Award. But I don't talk about that. <laughs> I didn't get rid of the abandoned banshee by smiling at her. <laughs> One, he was perfectly cast in the movie because yes. Kenneth Branagh yes. crushed that role. <laughs> and I just love Kenneth Branagh. But just... Anytime Lockhart popped up, I felt like I was entertained. Oh, yes. Well, there was one line, and I wish I could find it, where they said something about him probably just curling his hair. Yeah. And I I giggled at that. I was like, he probably was. He's yeah. just so dumb. It's when he won't escort them between classes right. and he wants to just leave. And Ron's like, he just wants to go curl his hair. He doesn't have to prepare for class. Hey everybody, Sam here with a few announcements. Hope you're enjoying the show so far, but it's time for some shout outs. First to user Barack Obama. I don't think that's the real Barack Obama, but just in case, what's up? He left us a review on Apple Podcasts saying, I love listening to the episodes of my childhood favorites and reliving what I enjoyed about them. That is so awesome. Thank you so much for that little comment. If you would like to receive a shout out, The easiest way to do that is to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. We love hearing your feedback, and it also helps us get the word out about the show. Next, we want to give a shout out to Ypsilanti, Michigan. That is right outside Detroit. I have personally never been there, but I want to give a big podcast hug to all our Detroit Lions fans out there. Maybe those in Ypsilanti, Michigan, just because you deserve it. But that's all for me. Now, back to the show. What spoke to you the most? So as we were sitting here, I just thought to myself, one thing, now that I'm such an adult, because I'm in my 30s, I (laughs) think about Harry and he and Ron... And Hermione are trying so hard to figure this out. Mm -hmm. And 
the perspective of the book is just what Harry, Ron, and Hermione are doing, mainly Harry. And it doesn't show what the adults are doing, Mm. like when people are petrified. And they're not really trying to figure it out, as far as we know. And then there's the moment where Harry and Ron are hiding in the closet when they find out that Ginny Mm -hmm. was taken. And the first response of the adults McGonagall says, Hogwarts is going to close. We can't exist anymore. And Harry and Ron are like, no, we're going to go save Ginny. And Mm. we're going to figure this out. And so I thought that was kind of peculiar. I don't know if she intended it to be like a commentary on Mm -hmm. adults and kids and heroes and not. But it also just shows that Harry has that hero in him. Even when he doesn't think he should, that he's ill-equipped. But he still has a hero in him. Yeah. This might be the best Harry book. It might be. It remains to be seen. I'll see what we do Mm -hmm. three through seven. But the heroism Harry shows at the end was just amazing to me. Like One of my favorite parts is... They've ju- just after that, they've mm-hmm. just opened the Chamber of Secrets. And they know that it's a basilisk right. down there and that just looking at it will kill you. Right. Like The basilisk is terrifying, mm-hmm. one. And it is just such a dark force in this book. And it is scary. When the chamber opens, it says, Harry heard Ron gasp and looked up again. He made up his mind what he was going to do. I'm going down there, mm-hmm. he said. Harry has, to me, I'm sure he has more than one great, that's his great quality. Yeah. He's doing it. He is going to go. Yes. His courage in the face. Of, and, and for us, you know, one of the primary conflicts in the story for Harry is, am I Slytherin mm-hmm. or am I Gryffindor? And for us looking at this, it's like, dude, you're Gryffindor. Like, Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. in doubt. This final showdown down in the Chamber of Secrets mm-hmm. was awesome. Yeah. It was the first time we get Harry, who follows Dumbledore. Right. Versus Voldemort. Right. And even like getting down into the Slytherin versus Gryffindor thing, I mean, you think of this. I thought it was interesting that both of them sort of call out mm-hmm. to their house and the difference in the tone of how they speak. Like, here's Tom Riddle or Voldemort calling for the Basilisk. Mm-hmm. He says, Speak to me, Slytherin, greatest of the Hogwarts four. In that, you hear the pride yeah. and the power. Yes. Right? Versus how Harry calls for the sword of Gryffindor. He says, Help me. Yeah. Help me, Harry thought. His eyes screwed tight under the hat. Please help me. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was such an amazing touch. Yeah. Of Harry's most heroic moment, he cries out for help. Yeah. Oh, so good. When you said this is probably Harry's, the best Harry book, <laughs> Harry's best book, the best Harry we get, I have never thought of that, but I feel like this is the purest Harry, Mm -hmm. because the first book, I mean, he's 11. He has just been, his whole life has changed. But Mm -hmm. then in this one, he's confident that he's a wizard. He's confident that he's in the right place. He's appreciative of having friends. Mm -hmm. And some of the natural human tendencies that come out later on, jealousy, pride. We see those things as Mm -hmm. Harry gets older. He wants to do things by himself. He's jealous of Ron and Hermione, those type Mm -hmm. of things. Those aren't really there. He's just kind of doing his best. And we see that too when he saves Jenny. Right. Yeah. He just does the right thing. He does the right thing. Which 
What did you think about this Dumbledore debrief at the end where we kind of resolve this because mm-hmm. he's like, I'm worried I was supposed to be Slytherin. And Dumbledore looks at him and says, you chose to be in Gryffindor. Yeah. What did you make of that? Because I think there is this, and this is a theme in all of Harry Potter, of you're not what you're born, you are what you choose. Mm-hmm. The Dumbledore debrief, basically. Um, I like calling it that, the Dumbledore debrief of, <laughs> of this 12-year-old. Patented. Horrible. I'm claiming that. That's right. That's right. Put me on the Harry Potter um, Wikipedia. He says what you just said. It's our choices, Harry, that show us who, what we truly are far more than our abilities. And then he says, if you want proof that you belong in Gryffindor, I suggest you look more closely at this. And then he shows him the sword mm-hmm. of Godric Gryffindor. And I loved that because Dumbledore could be a lot of fluffy words. You know, he mm-hmm. could say it and just be like, you just trust me. Right. But then to give Harry the solid proof, you it takes a very special, loyal wizard to get Mm -hmm. the Gryffindor sword. And that just kind of casts that doubt out of Harry's mind. Because if he were supposed to be Slytherin, he wouldn't have gotten the sword. He wouldn't have gotten sorted into Gryffindor, but he wouldn't have gotten the sword. And Mm -hmm. so I think that was cool. Just Dumbledore didn't just say, hey, everything's cool. What about you? What'd you think? Well, the Gryffindor Slytherin thing, I think is interesting in that, whereas Slytherins are defined by pride Mm -hmm. and power. Gryffindors tend to be defined by courage mm-hmm. and love. Even down to Fox, the phoenix coming in, yeah. and Dumbledore said it must have taken a supreme act of loyalty yeah. for him to do that. It shows that Harry loves Dumbledore. Yeah. The scene of those two facing off down there right. and how Slytherin Tom Riddle has a giant basilisk mm-hmm. and Harry has an old raggedy hat and a phoenix. And just, something about when they were basically just like staring each other down... I felt all that mm-hmm. of like, this is good versus evil. Yeah, totally. And the nature of good is to be courageous when you're terrified, right? <laughs> to choose love over hate and to cry out, help me. Yeah. Some of those things I can feel it's, it's hard to put into words. Yeah. I think you put it into words very well, but I think my biggest takeaway this time around was something you said last week, because I love super meaningful mm-hmm. stories I love books that give me such a cathartic mm-hmm. release. They're so meaningful and you keep thinking about them, you know, the way Lord of the Rings does where you're thinking about it free. But at its heart, this book is just so fun. So fun. It is fun. And that was what I took away from it was like, this book does both. So, And I'm not trying to say, take anything away from more depth because these books have ton yes. of depth, but also... Harry Potter facing down a giant snake. Well, this is clearly still a book for kids. Exactly. It's still a book for kids because I think about the moment. I mean, it is dark when Harry is fighting the basilisk and he, um, because Ginny is dying. At one point he says Tom Riddle is becoming clearer Mm -hmm. and more informed as Ginny dies. That's dark. But then after he wins... He goes and finds Ron, and <laughs> it's still for kids because then um, Gilderoy Lockhart <laughs> has demolished his brain, and Ron's lines in there. What does he say? Harry comes and says, "Ron, Jenny's okay. I've got her." He heard Ron gave us give a strangled cheer, and then you're alive. I don't believe it. But then they ask about Gilderoy Lockhart. And he says, 
His memory's gone. The memory charm backfired. Hit him instead of us. Hasn't got a clue who he is or where he is or who we are. I told him to come and wait here. He's a danger to himself. <laughs> and it's just, there's yeah. funny moments. But then there's the magic and the fun because they're like, right. well, how do we get out of here? And Fox is ready, mm-hmm. waiting for them to hold on. And they get to fly up. And Gilderoy Lockhart says, this feels like magic or something. This <laughs> yeah. must be magic. And it's just... It's dark, but it's not, again, it's just probably the last, what, 30 or 40 pages of the whole book that mm-hmm. include the scariest part, and but it's still mixed with fun and excitement right. and silliness, and I think that's great. Yes. I want to dive into all the deep themes, mm-hmm. and I want to ponder, you know, what does it, are your choices your destiny? Mm-hmm. Uh what is good versus evil? And those are great things. And stories should have them. But also, it's just enjoyable to read. It is. It is just a really enjoy. And I think that comes first. Yes. Like you have to let your 12-year-old self read first. Yes. And just enjoy the story. And if it's a great story, it's going to be worth reading again. Right. Because, yes, for a, for a kid's going to read this and enjoy the heck out of it. And my inner child did. It was so much fun. But also you're left with that residue of like, I feel something mm-hmm. resonated there. And I think as adults, this is the beauty of reading children's books right. is that we can kind of dive into that. I think kids are aware of these things, but they can't put words to it. And this right. is where I just love reading because that's a conversation you right. can have with a kid where it's like, hey, they feel these things and they can't put words to it. And now it opens up the doors to all these conversations. But... Do not skip the first step mm-hmm. of read it right. for enjoyment. Right. Does that make sense what totally, I'm saying? Like, totally. If you're not going to enjoy a book, why are you going to read it? Exactly. That's for any book, whether it's a kid's book or an adult book. Mm-hmm. I cannot read a book that I do not enjoy. Right. Even, yeah, that's period. And that's where it starts. <laughs> that's and where it starts. Harry Potter is so enjoyable, but there is more depth to it. Yes. The best children's stories do both. That's right. They tell you a great story, and they also say something meaningful. That's right. And that's it. Yeah. We love Um, Harry Potter. (laughs) HP for life. Well, on our next episode, I'm not even going to do the joke of like, what are we reading next (laughs) time? We are reading Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. We're going to meet Dementors for the first time. I love the Prisoner of Azkaban. Mm. Okay. I love all of them. Is Azkaban your favorite? No. Four. Um, four. There's a lot of people who say Azkaban is the best, and they're saying objectively, not just it's their favorite, well, but that as far as the book as a whole, it is the best. I'm not saying four is the best book. I'm saying four is my favorite book. Right. But I do think th- uh, Azkaban is probably the best one. There's a pretty wide consensus that three is the best movie. Yeah. Oh, by far. But it was also directed by Alfonso Cuarón, who's like three is by far the one best. Of the best movie. directors in Hollywood they right all... now. Well, one and two. Have you watched those in a long time? They're the Christopher Columbus. They're the guy, horrible. Same guy who directed Home Alone, <laughs> and it kind of shows. <laughs> They're horrible. But right. number three, then you're like, oh. Okay. And then four, like, and we'll talk about this more when we yeah. get there. Four, I love it too. But I think she just didn't edit it down. It's a Because lot. she's like, people are going to want to read this and spend as much time yeah. at Hogwarts as she possible. Knows. People are going to read it no matter what. So let's give them 750 pages of it. And I read all 750 pages. <laughs> You better believe it. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us this time. And Sarah, as always. See ya. See you next time. (gasps)
stop eating the podcast. <laughs> Hold on, don't mind me as I chew. Yeah.